But you know, in reality, we're each responsible as to what we're going to do with Jesus. It's not about what other people think or say. We each must decide if Jesus is who he claims to be, if he's savior of the world, as he claimed and as scripture proclaims, then we each must choose whether we're going to believe in Jesus or not. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Well, we're going to be looking at John's Gospel, chapter 18, picking up in verse 19. He's there in the high priest's house, and they're beginning to judge him. They're trying to find a legitimate reason as to why they can bring Jesus before Pontius Pilate, that they might have legitimate charges. They wanted Jesus, as we'll see, to be put to death. And they knew that they didn't have any legitimate charges for this. Verse 32, John makes commentary that the saying of Jesus would be fulfilled, which he spoke signifying by what death he would die. John just made commentary that Jesus had testified of his coming death, burial, and resurrection. So in verse 31, when the uh, religious ruler said, it's not lawful for us to put anyone to death, John comes back and said, Jesus said this, that it might be fulfilled by which Jesus had said, signifying by what death he would die. And we find that Jesus in the Gospels, he told of his coming death. He spoke it publicly in the story of Jonah and the well. He compared this, I said well, sorry, the belly of the big fish. We don't know what kind of fish it was, but that's the common kitty story that they told me when I was in Sunday school. I'm going to stick to that. It's stuck in my mind. But he compared Jonah being in the belly of that great fish for three days and three nights. So will, he said, the Son of Man being in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. He said that publicly. In the Synoptic Gospels, that means Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because they so agree with one another, they seem like they were almost at times copying from one another. And John's Gospel stands apart from the Synoptic Gospels. But they tell the same story, but from different angles. We find, though, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, three times he told of his coming death, burial, and resurrection. In each Gospel, three times he told that to his disciples. In fact, in Luke 12, 50, he says, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am until it's accomplished. 
But Pilate really wasn't interested in these things. And Pilate entered the praetorium again, verse 33. So we get this picture, the Jews standing outside the court. Pilate walks out and said, what's up? And they said, well, we brought this guy to be put to death. He said, you judge him yourself. And they said, well, if he wasn't guilty, we wouldn't have brought him to you. So he went in to judge Jesus, talk to Jesus. Then he went out to talk to the Jews again, and then he'll go back in. And so Pilate entered the praetorium again. He's back with Jesus again. He says, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? And Pilate responded, am I a Jew? Your own nation condemns you. Now, here, a couple of things I find interesting. One, that Jesus, before the Jews, barely said anything. As I said earlier, as a, again, to fulfill prophecy, as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so was Jesus silent before the religious rulers. But Jesus talked with Pilate. I believe that Jesus gave Pilate a great opportunity to come to faith in him. Pilate asked, are you a Jew? And Jesus, his response to Pilate, I think is something we each must consider. He said, are you speaking for yourself or did others tell you this concerning me? You know, as I read that this morning, I was reminded of a, a friend of mine who's a bricklayer that one time told me when he rarely ever would get into any kind of religious debate. He didn't believe in God. He didn't want to talk about God. And, and he got sucked into one one day with me. And I think it started from someone else, but he jumped in on it. But I remember the next day, this bricklayer kind of saying that I usually don't get into such conversations. And, but I remember him saying at one point, he said, my wife has read the Bible and she told me. Jesus was saying the same thing kind of to Pilate. Did others tell you this concerning me, or are you speaking for yourself? Where'd you get this information? Well, I got it from the Jews outside. They said you were the king of the Jews. My wife has read the Bible, and she said to me, but you know, in reality, we're each responsible as to what we're going to do with Jesus. It's not about what other people think or say. We each must decide if Jesus is who he claims to be, if he's savior of the world, as he claimed and as scripture proclaims, then we each must choose whether we're going to believe in Jesus or not. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. We each have that choice to make. A.W. Tozer quoted as saying, Christ will be Lord or he will be judge. Every man must decide whether he will take him as Lord now or face him as judge then. So Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Verse 35, your own nation and the chief priest have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I would not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. When it comes to faith in Jesus, it is not a decision of nationality. Uh, Pilate said, am I a Jew? But it's an individual decision that has kingdom consequences. Whose kingdom will you side with is what Jesus was 
basically presenting before Pilate here at this point. You know, the kingdom of Satan who rules over this earth right now, this fallen world, are we going to side with the kingdom of God where Jesus is both Lord and King? Satan's kingdom, well, it has a promise that it'll lead you to destruction. But the kingdom of Jesus, it leads to everlasting life. Daniel, when he lived upon this earth, God gave him a vision and he was able to foresee the coming of Christ. And he wrote that vision down for us in Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14. He said, I was watching in the night visions and behold, one like the son of man coming like the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and he brought him near before him. And then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away. His kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. My kingdom, Jesus said, is not of this world. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. And in the Lord's kingdom, we'll find that there'll be peoples, nations, languages, all the people of the world, from all the nations of the world. You know, right now they say that there is 195 nations in our world. Some say 196. Depends on how you want to count that. But I believe from every nation in this world, there are those who know Jesus, rise to worship him. And even in some of the hardest nations of our world, where it's hard for the gospel to get into those nations, the testimony of Jesus Christ is there. Sometimes it comes by the very Spirit of God. And Daniel, I love it, as he was saying, I was watching the visions of the night. And I just see the prophets sitting around talking before they go to bed at night. So what do you think is going to be on tonight? Not watching TV, none, none of that. They were watching for the visions of the night. They were waiting for the Lord to speak and to show them things. And then Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus said, You rightly say that I am a king. For this cause I was born, for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And although Jesus, as I said, he wasn't willing to talk to his accusers, he's very willing to talk to Pilate. And I believe to this day, the Lord is always willing to meet with those who are truly searching for the truth. Pilate tried to ascertain the charges against Jesus, and it came down to one thing. Are you the king of the Jews? Any king who is not subjugated to Rome would be a threat against the Roman government. And so if this charge was true, it meant that Pilate would have to do something about it. And Jesus admitted, you rightly say that I am a king. He said, for this reason I was born, for this reason I have come to bear witness of the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. John 8, 28 through 30, Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, that I do not speak nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things, and He who sent me is with me. My Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. And as He spoke these words, many believed in Him. Jesus simply saying, I have come that I might bear witness of the truth to declare to you the words of my Father. 
And Jesus being our king, and the Apostle Paul refers to him in this way as our king. First Timothy six fifteen and 16. He who is blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be the honor and everlasting power. Amen. Paul declaring Jesus as our king, the only king of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality. Do you guys know that the reason the United States was formed a government with a president, not a king, was because of the faith of our founding fathers, that there was only one king, his name is Jesus. We're not going to put any man on the throne, even though uh, they attempted to do so with Washington, be our king. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't think George Washington wanted that. He was ready to get out of public life, public office after a while. But there was this belief that we have a king. His name is Jesus. Concerning truth, a day earlier, Jesus had said to his disciples in John 4, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. And to know truth means we have to know Jesus to experience God's mercy through faith in Jesus Christ. It's worthy of our praise. And Pilate then returned in verse 38 saying, what is truth? And when he had said this, he turned away went out again to the Jews and said, I find no fault in him at all. Notice what he said. He said, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out. First of all, I just want you to notice that he asked Jesus. He stood before truth. He stood before Jesus. He said, what is truth? And he turned away from truth. He walked away from truth. And I believe there are a number of people who have been exposed to the truth of God's word. And they've turned away from it. They've walked away from it. They truly do not know truth. But to this day, we have people asking the same question. What is truth? It reminds us of relativism, which is the belief that there is no absolute truth, that only the truths that come are to a particular individual or maybe a culture they just happen to believe in. If you believe in relativism, then you think different people can have different views about what is moral, what is immoral. What is truth? And people to this day continue to ask, what is truth? If they'd only search the scriptures, they'd discover the truth that is able to set them free, Jesus Christ. Pilate had asked, what is truth? But he didn't wait for the response. He turned and he walked away from Jesus Christ. He never found the truth, even though Jesus stood right before him. 1 Timothy 6.13 Paul tells us that Jesus witnessed a good confession before Pontius Pilate. And Jesus gave Pilate enough information for Pilate to believe. But we find that there was more going on than just this. There was more than just Pilate seeing through the hypocrisy of the religious rulers. And there was even his wife who came to him right around this time, according to Luke. Pilate's wife came to him and said, have nothing to do with this just man because I've suffered many things because of him in dreams today. I don't know why she was taking naps that day, but she was. But she told her husband, don't do anything about this guy. 
I suffered many things because of him today in dreams. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And to know truth, we must be willing to come to God's word for faith will be birthed in us. But he was blinded by reason and Pilate being blinded by reason, he judged himself unworthy to believe in Jesus. Finally, we see the court of public opinion. It's found in verses 39 and 40. In verse 39, Pilate came out to the multitude at that point and said, but you have a custom that I should release someone to you at Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? So we know from the other gospels that Jesus was presented before the people with Barabbas and that uh, Barabbas was a, a murderer. He had been a, arrested for insurrection. And I think Pilate probably said to his guards, who's the worst guy we got in jail right now? Oh, it's Barabbas. Bring him out. I think that he stood the worst criminal that Israel had at that time and stood him next to Jesus and then asked the people, it's like your custom I released one prisoner to you at Passover. Who would you like to choose? Mark 15, 6 and 7, now the feast, it was his custom releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas who was in chains with this fellow rebels. He had committed murder in rebellion. You know, it's always amazing to me the number of people or things that will choose over Jesus. They had a choice to choose between Jesus or this murderer, and they chose the murderer. You know, Deuteronomy 30, 19 tells us, I call heaven and earth to witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. The words of Moses spoken to his generation, saying that you have a choice. You have a choice between death and life. And so often people choose death over life when it comes to faith in Jesus Christ. They would rather choose anything else but Jesus. And they chose death. In verse 40, they cried out again, saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. And that's how John closes out this chapter. As we know, uh, John didn't put the chapter breaks in here. They were put in much later for us, the verse breaks. They were all put in later that we can kind of find our way through uh, the Bible. But we're going to close out in verse 40 today and we'll pick up in a couple of weeks in John 19. But they chose Barabbas. You know, it was around this time. It was Matthew 27, 19. Pilate's wife said to him, have nothing to do with this just man, for I've suffered many things in a dream because of him today. God was speaking to Pilate. Speaking to Pilate's wife, a lot of times if you want to move John, just talk to Lily and move Lily. Let Lily and the Holy Spirit, as it was said at our conference this week by one of the pastors, uh, he was talking about getting change in his church. He goes, all you have to do is get the Holy Spirit and my wife to agree and, and I'm in on it. That's how it was for Pilate. His wife even came. God was speaking, but... He wasn't listening. And so often God gives people many opportunities to believe 
in his son. They witness God's hand working in their life, knowing that God has helped them through difficult situations in their life. And still they do not believe, even in those difficult circumstances. Sometimes they'll cry out to the Lord and they'll pray, Lord, if you would only do this, then I'll follow you. So often people do not respond. God rescues them. They don't follow. They don't follow through with their commitments. Romans 2, 4 and 5, Paul says, Do you despise the riches of his goodness, his forbearance, his long suffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance to your hardness, the impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. God gives opportunity. I believe he gave Pilate a number of opportunities here. And Pilate was torn. He said, who, would, who do you want? Pilate knew that Jesus had been delivered to him out of envy. Pilate admitted that I find no fault in him. Pilate knew that he was a just man who had done no evil. Nevertheless, with his wife's words ringing in his ears, with the crowd's voices rising up in a tumult, Pilate finally gave in. He delivered Jesus up to be crucified. He delivered Jesus to the people's will. He washed his hands before him. As we know from the other Gospels, as he did this, he had a, a bowl ceremonially brought out and he washed his hands and he said, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. And the people then would cry out and said, let his blood be upon us and our children. They didn't care. But was Pilate innocent of the blood of Jesus? Not in the least. The people blinded by ignorance and the people judged themselves unworthy to believe in Jesus. You know, there were many involved in Jesus being condemned to be crucified. And there were those who had blinded by hatred, the religious rulers, blinded by reason, Pilate, blinded by ignorance, the people. And the question today is not what the high priest or Pilate or the people did with Jesus. The question for us is, what have we done with him? The Bible tells us in Galatians 3.22 that Scripture has confined all under sin. And again in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. All has been confined under sin, but the good news is that God has provided a way out. Galatians 3.22, let me read the whole verse to you. But Scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. See, there's another side of that verse, that through faith in Jesus Christ, we can have the promise of forgiveness of sin and eternal life through believing in Jesus. Again, Romans 6.23, the, the whole verse, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The question today is not what the religious rulers did out of hatred, or what Pilate did out of reason, or what the crowd did out of ignorance. The question for us, are we innocent of the blood of Jesus? We're not. But whether we've been blinded by hatred, reason, or ignorance, each of us have to make a choice about the truth of Jesus. It's through his blood that our sins are forgiven and that we can know the truth and the truth sets us free. Pilate asked the question, what is truth? And yet he turned and walked away. 
from truth that day. Can I encourage you to have the boldness to stand for truth in the day and age that we live in? The way that we do that is to first and foremost, we need to come to truth and the realization of truth through faith in Jesus Christ. That means that we have to come and confess our sins and proclaim his name as the only way of salvation to believe in him that we might be saved. Then as believers, then we can stand for truth. We live in a nation where people are, they are into relativism. What is true for me may not be true for you. But God's word stands as a standard of truth. His son stands as a testimony of truth. And it's only through faith in Jesus that we can come to know the truth that sets us free. Father, thank you for your word and for what it has taught us this day. Help us, Lord, to take that stand for truth. Help us, Lord, to be strong in the stance, that we'd be strengthened by your word and your testimony in all things. I pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let the